More grace, everybody. It is such a pleasure to be on this call. I just came off a periscope to let everybody know to make sure they join this call because I've just been in my room today. I made me a little strawberry cream pie. I've been trying to work out every morning. I do like to eat. You know, I think the more you work out, the greater your appetite becomes because I tell you, I've been working out. But guess what else I've been doing? I've been eating. Somebody told me that I'm not losing any weight. I'm just burning off all the calories that I keep eating. <laughs> I rebuke them in Jesus' name. Uh, I want to say this to you today. I really believe I have a word from the Lord, a word that I believe God has given me, that I believe will help your life and help you get to the place that God has called you to be, you know. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighted in his way. I want to say this to you, that everything about Jesus, and I need your undivided attention if you'll listen to me. The Bible declares that wisdom built the house, but understanding filled its rooms. The words of Jesus are just so powerful. He doesn't just talk to talk. He doesn't just say things to say things. He, he's a God of miracles. His words have power. You know, the Bible declares that where the words of a king is, there is power. I want to talk to you today about some things that I believe can help your life. Because the God we serve, Jesus was so focused his words had so much power. The Bible declares that he said, these things I speak unto you, that your joy may be full. His words were very powerful, so powerful that he spoke to an ocean, and the ocean settled. The people on the other side said, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? I'm talking about the words of Jesus. They were so powerful that when he spoke, evil men were pricked in their conscience. A crooked man by the name of Zacchaeus wanted to reimburse the people he had taken money from, all because of the words of Jesus. His words were so powerful that dead people got up when he spoke. Sad men became happy. Fishermen who were tired said, nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net again and they became prosperous. An adulterous woman valued the word of Jesus so much that Jesus told her everything there was to know about her, and this adulterous woman got motivated to try life again and say, come see a man, because words have power. You know, every individual, whoever they are, has a passion for admiration. We were made in the image and likeness of God. The God that we serve loves to be praised. And because we were made in his image and likeness, every person, man, woman, boy, girl, has a passion for admiration. We all want to be admired. We all desire to be revered. We all desire to be looked up to, to be honored. So we like I don't know if you've heard of the company Mary Kay. I'm sure you have. 
your mama may have sold it, your grandmother may have sold it, even you on this phone may have tried to sell Mary Kay before, but Mary Kay died, and when she died, she was alone was worth about $300 million. Her company was worth about $1.2 billion. She was known for giving away pink Cadillacs to those who went over and above, those who did exceptionally well. She was known for giving away pink Cadillacs to extra cheap. Mary Kay said that if you want to be a great salesman in Mary Kay, you need to imagine that every woman has a chain around their neck saying, make me feel important. Please, let me feel important. We all desire admiration. We desire praise. We desire to be revered. Words are very powerful because words reveal intelligence. If you had a little baby walk in the room and say, Daddy, I colored. I did a good job, Daddy. Look at what I colored, little kid. If that daddy looks at that child and say, That's not the right color. Why would you color the face yellow? No one has a yellow face. No one has red legs. You would crush that child's countenance. And immediately the response of that father to that child would reveal his intelligence regarding children. Because your words reveal your intelligence. I can determine what you know by the words that you speak. I can determine where you've been by the words that you speak. Words reveal everything. Peter J. Daniels, he's an Australian billionaire. He said that words are so important that every time he hears a word or a phrase that impacts him, guess what he does? He writes it down. That's how powerful words are. Proverbs 15 and 4 declares that a wholesome tongue is the tree of life, that a man can be delivered by his words. The great evangelist T.L. Osborne said that the only thing God does is talk. He does everything with his mouth. Genesis 1, let there be light and there was light. Let this divide the firmaments and this from that. Isn't that powerful? He said everything that God does, he does with his mouth. He doesn't start nothing without his mouth. He doesn't anything, end anything with his mouth. Well, it makes sense because God is a word. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. Words matter. Words create friendships. Words will decide the future of a marriage. Words decide all your favor. You know what caused David to have favor with King Saul? It was when David Saul looked at him and said, who are you? He said, I'm David, your servant. That word right there gave him favor. Who's your father? He said, my father's name is Jesse. Your servant. Powerful. Psalm 17 and 4 says, I've been kept from the path of the destroyer by my words. Your Bible says, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. There's a way that you approach God. Words are roads to new feelings. 
Words create intimacy. Imagine a friendship without words. Imagine if you had a friend and he was unable to communicate with you and you could not communicate with them. Imagine a world with no Bible. Words are powerful from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So it matters what you say, how you say it. Some of you wonder why you are in the place you're in today. It is because of the words that you've chosen to speak. Mm. What about in the workplace? What about in a place that you've never been before? What did you say when you got there? Because the workplace, Mike Murdoch said, is the birthplace for favor, not the church, <laughs> the workplace. Where you work is the birthplace for favor. The words that you say matter to a boss, how you talk to him, how you communicate with her, how you communicate with your spouse. Words matter. We have a president right now named Trump who spends his whole time complimenting himself, always talking about what he's accomplished. The truth of the matter is he's doing it because no one else is. No one is saying. Can they hear me? I'm sorry that I lost you. I don't know what happened. Now, that means this is an absolutely powerful teaching that I'm giving you because the devil don't want you to hear this. Words matter. <laughs> Words matter. Words matter to a boss. As I said to you, Trump, our president, spends his whole time talking about how great and what he's accomplished because he is surrounded by people in a world who tears them down. It matters what you say to a person to whom you respect, your pastor, your boss, your leader. Words matter. I like to hear my people say, we're going to make it happen, Pastor. We're making progress. Pastor, that ain't going to take long at all. Pastor, why did I think of that? Pastor, we're going to have it finished in 24 hours. That's a great idea. Pastor, you're so creative. Words matter. If you say the right thing to your boss, the right thing to your spouse, the right thing to your pastor, it can be a birthplace for favor. And it's not just saying the right words. It's having the right spirit or the right attitude. See, your face is a door. Your face is an injury. 
your attitude, your disposition matters. I believe God gave us attitude. He gave us spirit to reveal to us what words don't because words don't always show a person's attitude. An attitude is an emotional stance. You can tell if a person is into you when you're talking to them by that attitude. You're having a conversation with someone and they're looking away. Their attitude is revealed. They begin to text while you're talking. Their attitude is revealed. A person's tone reveals their attitude. Are we going to have dessert? You got dessert for me? You got something to eat for me? The way I respond to that will reveal my attitude and can change the whole mood of a room. You're going to feed me today? Well, I thought I already fed you. Of course I have something set aside just for you. Am I making sense? Some of you need to be trained on what to say. A husband has to train his wife on what he likes to hear. A boss has to change his employee on what he wants to hear. God trained creation and told us what he wanted to hear. He said, when you enter my gates, come with thanksgiving. When you get into my courts, come with praise. Be thankful unto me and bless my name. It was Jesus who taught us how to pray that when we approach him, our words matter. Acknowledge him first, our Father, which art in heaven. Isn't that powerful? You have to train people to say what you want them to hear. One thing that you don't say in the presence of greatness is maybe, I guess, uh-huh. Because one word can make a friend and one word can cause you to lose a friend. Just one word. One word, one word can get you promoted. One word can get you demoted. Words matter. So if I'm working on my words, the first place that I would work on my words is I would work with my money streams. Who blesses me? Who's good to me? Who gives to me? Where do I make my money? What do they want to hear? What do they need to hear? Those are things that you work on because if a person is blessing you or paying you, you want to create a place of favor by saying what they want to hear. Because your right words will create everything. Hmm. Am I boring you yet? This is powerful. So you got to be careful about your attitude. And be careful about attitude communication. Not just what you say, but how you act. I can look at your walk and tell whether you want to be somewhere or not. Never said anything out of your mouth. But the way you walk, your disposition, the way you're carrying yourself, tells me if you're depressed, tells me if you're sad, 
Tell them if you're upset. Tell them if you're mad. Tell them if you're disinterested just by your walk. How slow you move when I tell you to do something. How you resent being told to do something reveals your attitude. God did that. He gave us spirit conversation. He gave us attitude conversation. Why? So that a person cannot trick you with their words. You can say one thing to me and your attitude can show me something else because your attitude is like an odor. That's why someone with the wrong attitude in a room can destroy the power of everything you're doing in the room because attitudes can help an environment or destroy an environment. Your words matter. When you pray, you got to use the right words. All of these things matter. This is my introduction to things that I'm getting ready to share with you. Prophet Karn has lived a life of great favor. I've been at the top of the world. I've seen much and there's greater for my life. There's greater for your life. But where you are is not God's fault. It's your fault. I said before you, life and death. Choose life. Things that you want to change in your life, things that you want to manifest in your life, you have the power to change them. Success is not a God thing. Good success is a God thing, but success is not a God thing. There are many atheists and Buddhists who know nothing about God who are successful, who give no credence and no honor to God. All of these things matter. Your life can be hard or easy, depending on the voice that you choose to trust, the voice you choose to obey, or the voices you choose to honor. I love the Word of God. If you're around me for any length of time, you will see that I love the Word of God. I sing the Word of God more than my necessary food. I'm not a talkative person, believe it or not. I talk for a living. I've been called to preach. That's my assignment. That's what I do on a normal basis. I love preaching because that's my assignment. I love to pray. That's my passion. But I love the Word of God. I'm not a very talkative person, but if you want to get a good conversation started with me, talk about the Word of God. No matter how mad I am, no matter how upset I am, if you want to have a talk about the Word of God, I will talk to you all night. As a matter of fact, I have friends that I speak to on a daily basis. I feel sorry for my poor wife one day. I love the Word of God. We're on the phone for hours discussing the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God so much that the other day, I sold a seat of $66 for every book of the Bible. There are 66 books. Then I found out how many chapters there were in the Bible. I believe it was 1,189. I sold a seat of $1,189 for every chapter in the Bible. I love the Word. 
Brother where you come up with that from? I just love the word. $66 for every book. 1189 for every chapter. Then I sold $2 for every chapter, which is 1189 times 2. I love the word of God. Because the Bible helps you avoid losses. It helps you avoid pain. You're in the place you're in right now because you ignored the voice of God. You ignored the voice of authority. You ignored the voice of a preacher. That's where you are right now. The first conversation in the Bible that was ever documented was God having a conversation with Adam. said, I made all of this for you. You can have all of it. But there's only one thing that's going to bring you pain. It's this tree. That showed me right there that instructions are for protection. That whenever God gives you an instruction, it's because he wants to protect you. He's covering you. He's keeping you. He's sustaining you. Deuteronomy 28 chapter, he says, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all the commandments, verses 1 through 14 are instructions for protection and instruction that's going to give you rewards and blessings because that's what instructions are for. They're for protection. They're to bless you. They're not to hurt you. They're to help you. But he doesn't stop at verse 14. Right before he gets done at verse 14, the next couple of chapters, his love does not only give you the blessings that come when you obey, love caution. If I love you, I'll protect you. If I love you, I'll guard you. His love says, all right, if you do this, this is what happens. But if you don't do this because I love you, I've got to let you know the consequence. Because true love cautions. It is a mother who screams to her child, don't go in the street. Why? Because she's protecting her. Because true love cautions. It is a prophet who screams to America and says, don't do this, don't do that, not because they hate you, but it's because they love America and they're trying to protect it. I would trust no voice that doesn't protect me. I would trust no voice that see me going in a ditch and doesn't help me. I trust no voice that see me running into a semi-truck and doesn't say anything to make sure I'm not destroyed. Trust no voice that won't protect you. God established laws for protection. I love the word of God. I study the word of God. I want to share with you some things today. Just a couple of things, and then I'm going to let you go and share with you a couple of prophetic words, or maybe I should only have them on uh, Heaven's Newswire. I want to share with you some things, things that will cause you to excel, things that will cause you to go places you never imagined. The first thing I want to share with you is this. Honor the person who gave life to you. Job 33 and 4 talks about the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. 
You need to spend about 15 to 20 minutes with the Holy Ghost every morning. Read his word. Embrace his word. Honor his voice. Honor his ways. Honor his people. Honor his laws. Honor his whispers. Honor him by honoring those who've introduced you to the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is to you what Jesus was to the disciples. He's not your convictor. He's not your afflictor or your rebuker. John 14, 15, 16. He's your comforter. Right now teaching the church at KCC that our whole depiction of who the Holy Ghost is has to change. He's not beating you up. He's not upset at you. He's not mad at you. He's in love with you. That's the word of God. Isaiah 54, he promised that he would never be angry with you again and he would never rebuke you. He loves you. His thoughts are good, not evil. It's to give you an expected end. His mercy endureth forever. Never let anyone tell you that the Spirit of God has departed. Never let anyone tell you that Ichabod is over your life. It's just not biblical. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I tell you the Greek word for never? You ready? Never. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. Honor the Holy Ghost. Honor the Bible. How do I honor the Bible? By reading it routinely. If you read three chapters a day and five chapters a day, on, if you read three chapters a day and five chapters on Sunday, you'll read the whole Bible in a year. Read aloud. Read it attentively. The Bible is the love handbook. It's the divine path to an easier life. It shows you who to avoid. It teaches you how to be attentive to authority. Love the word of God. Honor the Bible. So the first thing is honor the Holy Ghost. The second thing is honor the Bible. The third thing is create a prayer routine. Have a special place that you meet with him every day. Every day, every morning, you ought to have a set time. Some of you miss it because you think it has to be two and three hours. But just meet him routinely every day. Start with five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. If you don't know what to pray, start with the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing more valuable than conversation. Nothing. And who created conversation? God did. There's no one more important than God. And if he created conversation, and you're going to have conversation during the day, you should start your day with conversating with him. Father, I love you today. If you don't know what to say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honor the Holy Ghost. Honor the Bible. Create a prayer routine. Number four, habit is the key to life. 
create good habits. What you do twice becomes easier. I heard someone say that successful men do daily what unsuccessful men do occasionally. Successful men do daily what unsuccessful men do occasionally. Larry Bird said that he would shoot 500 free throws before breakfast. You know Larry Bird, the the greatest white man to ever play the sport of basketball, if you ask me. He would throw 500 free throws before breakfast. Shaq said he practiced for hours before he ever ate dinner. Muhammad Ali said he would run every morning at 4.30 a.m. Because men who are successful have routines that take them to the future. They have a future. They have something that they're after. There's something they're trying to accomplish. And they know they cannot get there remaining the way they are. So they have to change their routine and create habits because what I do twice becomes easier. And what I do thrice and four times and five times becomes easier the more I do it. So you need to create an, a, a habit of prayer, a routine to read your Bible, a routine to study, a routine to get in your word. Look at your life now. What do you do consistently that is adding to your future? You don't like where you are, and all you do is complain. But what are you doing to change it? you got to create great habits. Another thing that you want to do, you want to know three good things about yourself. Find out three good things about yourself. Find out what do you like. Find out what do you love. Ask yourself, who am I? God is an investor. He invested gifts in you. Do you know what your gifts are? Are you cheerful? Do you have a pleasant disposition? Are you a good listener? Are you a passionate learner? Are you adaptable? Because when you find out what these three good things are about you, you build your life around them. Know your difference. Know what makes you significant. Know what makes you different from everybody else. Know what makes you excel. Find out three good things about yourself. Know your weakness is another point I want to tell you. Know your weakness. Know if you're oversensitive. Know if you're rude. Know if you imagine things that don't exist. Know that when you see people talking, you always think they're talking about you. Know your weakness. Know if you're rude, if you're mouthy. Know if you talk too much. Know if you like to gossip. Know if you hate correction. Every great man has a weakness. Have them and know them. Because once you know your weakness, it'll keep you humble. It'll keep you broken. It'll keep you patient with others that have weaknesses.
know your weakness. Another thing you want to do, this is a very powerful teaching. Look for three good things in a person that you meet. Okay, after you identify the good things in you and you find out what your weaknesses are, look for three good things in every person you meet, every individual you meet new. Look for three good things in there. Character qualities, not external, not they have nice hair, not they got pretty feet, not they got a pretty face or they're pretty. Character qualities. Do you feel safe around them? Are they a good listener? Do they make you feel important? Do you feel comfortable in their presence? In their presence? Do they? These are very important things that you want to know. Look for three good things in every person that you meet. Work with the good things that you find out about them, not the bad. Don't focus on the bad in them. Focus on the good in them. Now, God does use the bad part of people to help you. But I'm telling you that no matter how bad your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, no matter what they've done to you, find the three good things you can find in them and work with that. These are things that will help you. Can you handle some more? Know the protocol of every environment. Know the protocol of your church. Know the protocol of your workplace. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? What am I not supposed to do? How do I act when I get there? What is the protocol of this environment? Protocol has to be taught consistently. Your home has a protocol. You need to know the rules of every person home you enter. Know the rules of every culture that you go to. Find out what the expectations are. Husband and wives have protocol, whether spoken or unspoken. Find out what the protocol is. This is some rich stuff I'm giving you. What is the protocol? How do you act? What do you do when you go there? What is the proper way to handle this situation? What is the protocol? You need to find out the protocol of every environment that you go in because what worked in Canada may not work in America. What worked in America may not work in Nigeria. I found out that when I went to certain places, you can use the word bloody in America. Bloody is a curse word in London, England, so you don't say it. You find out protocols when Michelle Obama went to London. The protocol is you do not touch the queen. That's a protocol. Bishop Leo Lewis, one of his protocols when riding in the car with him, if you're serving him, is you don't speak unless you're spoken to. Pastor Benny's protocol is you do not eat before him. Whoever you're around, whoever you have an opportunity to be around, whenever you go to a church, you don't do what you want to do. You find out the protocol. What is the order of this house? Another thing that you want to learn is to become an Elisha. 
to someone with a high standard. Most times people with high standards don't allow people to be around them a lot. But if they ever allow you to get close to them, get close, they may have standards that seem to be extremely illogical. That's crazy. So what? It's going to get the best out of you. Be around a person with a higher standard than yourself. Become an Elisha and serve them because they'll raise your standard. They'll raise what excellence looks like to you. Your feelings are going to get hurt if you're around them. But you will become improved if you are genuinely a servant. Another thing you want to learn to do, ask for criticism instead of waiting for it. Don't wait for someone to criticize you. Ask for criticism. How can I do this better? Whenever I go preach, sometimes I ask the pastor, is there anything I could have avoided? Is there anything I could have done for the message to come across clearer? Because if you ask for criticism, it becomes a gift instead of a wound. Ha ha! Woo! That's powerful. If you ask for criticism, it becomes a gift instead of a wound. Is there a way that I can handle this better? Did you enjoy the food? Could I have cooked it better? Usually when you ask a person, they're going to tell you the good part of it, and then they're going to tell you what you could have worked on. Mommy, I made the bed. Could I have done better? Yes, you did a good job, but could you tuck in those sheets? Ask for criticism instead of waiting for it. Could I have talked to you better? Another thing you want to learn to do, I'm just teaching you some things that will help you excel, that will take you places you never met. Apologize quickly when you're wrong. When you do wrong, apologize. Don't be so adamant about being right, about making sure that you're heard. Apologize quickly. Because an apology is a bridge to a better relationship. If you lost favor with someone, if you're no longer close to someone, if there's a person that you love and ask questions, what happened? Did I do something? You don't ask questions like, did you misunderstand? Did you misunderstand something I said? Because when you say, did you misunderstand something I said, you're accusing them again. I was wrong. I should not have said it. And if you don't believe you were wrong, say, I wish I would not have done that. But apologize quickly when you're wrong. Become an avid reader. Read the biographies of uncommon achievers. Steve Jobs, I just got done reading his biography. I believe it said he has $500 billion in savings. That company, he's dead. It took him six months trying to decide the perfect size of an iPhone. You read the biographies of uncommon achievers. 
These are things that are going to help you go to another level. That There's more that I desire to show you and can tell you. But these are just some secrets that I believe will help your life. If you pay attention to them, your words matter. I told you, you are in the month of June. You're in the second half of your life. Everything needs to count. You've been lazy. Create a routine. Create great habits. Watch your words so that you don't end up in the same place that you've been. Take on an obedient spirit and become a student. Because if you become a student, the sky's the limit to where he will take you. There's so much things that I desire to share with you. Could you handle them? Are you ready for them? The Lord has instructed to me to spend the next six months of my life pouring and pouring and pouring. As you know, I'm building a building in Charlotte, North Carolina. We started the demolition today. It's going to be powerful. But I'm asking right now under this anointing at this very moment, and I feel a strong anointing. I'm asking 30 people who are listening to me. It's not for everybody. But these are those who need secrets. These are those who said, Prophet Khan, the words that you just spoke to me are literally changing my life. And I'm desiring a manifestation of those words. I'm telling you that I believe these words can change your life. There are 41 people that I desire to speak into your life. I have a covenant 3,000 and a covenant 300 people that I minister to. The Lord told me on July the 7th to challenge everybody in KCC. Even you that are listening, if you desire to be a part of this, you can. The Spirit of God told me on July the 7th to challenge everyone to sow a seed of $300, I'm sorry, a seed of $500 or $5,000. I became a student. I became an Elisha to great men. I never questioned them. I trusted God with everything that I've had. He's been so faithful. He's been so good. He's kept me. He's sustained me. He's protected me, and he's blessed me. I'm asking if you really heard me today. I'm asking you. If you are truly a student, I'm asking you. You follow the instructions of an Elijah, and it will shift your life, Elisha. Prophet Khan, how do I get the double portion? Leo Lewis said the way you get the double portion is you serve the single portion. Your whole attitude about giving has to change. Your whole attitude about sowing, you want to become a, addicted to giving. Every time you get a chance to give, you give. There are 30 people that I'm challenging to sow a seed of $200 right now. There are 50 people I'm challenging to sow a seed of $20 right now. Whoever you are, you can go to briancarn.com, briancarn.org. I'm telling you all, I feel a strong anointing on me. I'm thinking I'm going to come on Facebook maybe and Periscope and release some prophetic words 
or maybe I should just put them on Heaven's Newswire. Some of you have not yet registered to be a part of Heaven's Newswire. You need to do it. It's going to change your life. But I'm led by the Spirit to challenge 30 people to sow a seed of $200 and 50 people to sow a seed of $20. Now, your attitude determines your altitude, and some of you have already made up in your mind, oh, I want to give the 20 because that's easy for you. But if you're trying to go to a new place this year, not next year, not 2020, 2019 has to be changing your life. Everything is changing. I spoke to you on last week or the week before about positioning yourself and training and making sure you find out exactly what your assignment is. If that's you, you need to move quickly. Because there's something I see in the spirit that belongs to you this year that you will receive if you become adamant, create a routine, and kill every slowful spirit in your life and in your surrounding. I'm challenging 30 people to sow a $200 seed. I'm challenging 30 people. That's right, Lord. 29 people, because I even feel led to give in this. I haven't been doing it lately because the Lord told me you're the gift, but I have to do it tonight. I feel this. 30 people, 29 including myself, to sow a seed of $200. Now, some of you gave a seed of $1,000, and I'll be reaching out to you t- tonight, between today and tomorrow. There's some of you who sow a seed of $100. I'm getting your things together. We'll be sending out some cloths, as God told me to do, because of the danger that is coming to this country. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I'm challenging every individual, but 30 of you specifically, 29, to sow a seed today of $200 tonight. And I'm sowing, I'm challenging 50 of you to sow a seed of $20 or more. If you want me to, if you tell me to, if you ask me to, if you email the ministry and say, Prophet, would you come on next week and share with me some more secrets? I want to hear these. I promise you I will. But I feel a very strong anointing on me right now, an extremely strong anointing on me. There's a woman right now. Your daughter is pregnant. You're on this phone. Your daughter's about six or seven months pregnant. There is going to be complications in this pregnancy. When it manifests, when it manifests, do not be bothered. Heaven has already moved on your behalf, and all will be well. Do you hear me? That's the word of the Lord. I want us to begin to pray for the state of California. I see fire all over California. I see dry spells in California. I see Germany is going to make a major political decision in this season to affect its citizen and its way of life. Okay, so let's be praying. There's a new NFL team conversation that's going to emerge. And I also want to say this. 
and I'm going to leave it alone, and I'm done. There's someone very famous with the name Chris that's about to be all over the news in a very unusual way. There's more things that I'll share with you on Heaven's Newswire, and you're going to have to subscribe to be a part of this. We're getting ready to do some big things, but you're going to have to subscribe. There's some of you who are part of Inside Edition. You sort of see the $500, and I'll be giving you the word of the Lord for the year. I'm working on these things now. You should begin to receive them in the next week. Some of you who asked me to be your prophet for one solid year and to go deeper and deeper into the word of the Lord for your life for the year, I'm going to do that. And some of you sold to the deep to deep for me to go deeper in your life. But I'm asking you right now, there are 30, 29, including myself, who are sowing a $200 seed, and there are 50 of you who are giving a seed of $20. As soon as this call hangs up, I pray to God that you heard the revelation and the insight that I gave you. It will change your life. Hope you took notes. If you didn't, you're probably silly. Unless you have a great mind and have the ability to retain all of these things. These are things that I've learned that will help you get to your next place if you apply them, if you use them. Father, I thank you that you're moving on someone's heart tonight. Mexico is all over the news. Mexico is all over the news. And maybe even concerning children. Eto, Ota, Eta, Libasi, Limikikesha, Lebrondolo, Ozala, Makiese, Leandala, Mahoy. And the Clintons are about to be all over the news again. Ubi, Ibi, Andara, Bahasikondala, Husha. Hallelujah. 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 We give you praise for it. There's 29 of you moving now. There's 50 of you moving now. God's moving upon your heart. Do not miss your hour of visitation. BrianCarn.com, BrianCarn.org, or P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. Did you hear that? P.O. Box, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239 for you that desire to give that way. I don't give my cash app. I don't know if I should, but I don't give the cash app. Uh, you know, I don't do that. But cause this is for the ministry. It's going into the ministry. www.briancarn.com .org. So your seed in faith. Haya, believing God. And watch how God is strategically setting you up and changing your vocabulary as you align yourself with his word to prepare you for the days ahead. Every person on this call, you should have a book entitled Authority and Submission by Watchman Nee. If you don't have it, shame on you. Authority and Submission by Watchman Nee. Get the book. 
will change your life. So your seed in faith right now, move while that anointing, that sweet anointing is flowing. I pray for that daughter, Lord, who's going to have complications during that pregnancy. I pray for that daughter today. I pray for that daughter today. We rebuke complications. Move quickly. Move now. I love you so much. Father, the words that I said are words for my personal gain. May my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. But if I said what I believe you told me to say, and the words that I shared with them are keys that are true, I thank you that you're going to move upon their heart to obey you in faith. In Jesus' name. 29 of you are sowing $200. 50 of you are sowing a seed of $20. Somebody want to give 1000 Somebody is giving $5,000 tonight. Someone is giving $5,000 tonight. I heard that very clear. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I love you so much. I'm praying for you. The sky's the limit to what God should do in your life. You'll be hearing from me, all of you, the things that I said I'll be sending. Stay tuned. I got to get off this phone so I can sow my seed immediately. I need all 30 of you, 29 of you, to move quickly. I believe I have something for you. Don't miss this. Love you so much. God bless. More grace. That was powerful, Lord. Thank you.